It's Friday on the Best Friends Podcast. Tonight, Lisa welcomes her guest. He's known for his talents as a butcher, a baker, and a candlestick maker. It's Raphael Casella. He's a cartoonist who's as likely to draw you a caricature as beat you with a Heineken bottle. It's Ray Morgan. She's the host of a podcast, Hey, Can You Stop Trying to Pet My Service Dog? It's Leanne Ward. I'm her stalker, Lee. Please welcome your host, Lisa Lowry. That was fucking amazing. Thank you so much, Lee. That was so great. Um, uh, this week, we will talk about the Monday show with Cameron Esposito and the Thursday show, Piglets Named Abigail Froyo, Hold Up, special guest, Ali Siegel. But first, I would like to introduce our fellow best friends. You got a little taste there, but longtime Allison fan, new to our show, Lee Bruns. Am I saying that right, Lee? You got it. Welcome, Lee. Thanks. And fan favorite, ultra fan, Rafael Castaneda. Welcome. (laughs) I just have to say, I really liked my intro, Candlestick Maker. My candle is actually lit right now. It's lit. Uh, yeah, thank you it's for that. It's lit in two ways. <laughs> exactly. Uh, have you recovered from Pod Podfest? <laughs> I re- I recovered immediately. I don't know how you felt the day after. <laughs> I did not feel too bad. Shockingly, that's why I was like, "Wow, I guess I did pretty well last night." Yeah, I went overboard a little. Um, but we can talk about that later. Uh, Lee, I want to talk to you because we haven't talked to you yet. You're new to the show. Um, but I know you've been an Allison fan for a long time, so tell us about yourself first. Talk about family, where you live, everything. I live in Watertown, South Dakota. Um, 50 years old and still have no idea what I want to be when I grow up. So I do lots of things. I, uh, I'm very involved in Special Olympics. I'm a machinist, a writer, um, auctioneer, and uh, father of three very active children, including uh, my 15-year-old daughter who's uh, special needs. So, like I said, I do a lot of stuff with Special Olympics, and I do adaptations out in my machine shop to help guys who are uh, injured, and ladies, but uh, it's been guys so far, who are injured and need uh, mobility adaptations for their motorcycles, wheelchairs, sidecars, that sort of thing. That is amazing. I think I want to be you when I grow up. Um... (laughs) I know we were talking about this off off there, but Rafi, you asked him about his um, profile picture, his sidecar. So tell us about your picture. I'm sure everyone's seen your picture on Twitter. What's your name on Twitter again? Um, yeah, my sidecar rig uh, was built out of aluminum baking pans. My Twitter handle, SLBruns1. Anyway, my sidecar rig, I built it out of aluminum baking pans. And I, uh, I've got English wheels and TIG welders, MIG welders, lathes, mills, so there's really not much I can't make. One of my uh, recent projects, I built a sidecar rig with a ramp full down on the back platform sidecar so the guy can roll his wheelchair right up inside the sidecar. The controls for the rig are in the sidecar platform, so he's able to operate the entire machine from his wheelchair. Whoa. You're like a machinist superhero. Survivalist. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just... So I hate people <laughs> limitations uh, limit their options. So we just do what we can to let people get by. That's pretty awesome. I'm sure everyone's seen your picture and wondered the backstory on it. Um, and I know you talk a little bit about it, you know, between Bruce by Dawn and some other people, you guys kind of go back and forth. Even Colonel Jeff, I think you guys have gone back. Yeah, I wanted on. to make some cat toys for Colonel Jeff oh. out of titanium. Just see if his cats could nick that stuff even. That's amazing. Did he say yes to that? Are you going? Is, are you moving forward with this project? I'll just, I'll just surprise him. He'll have titanium cat toys show up at his. 
Oh, that's great. That's that's much more inventive than than what I gave him, which was a a kitty cat chef pillow. But um, (laughs) so you and I chit chatted a little bit on Messenger and you talked about having an interview with Alonzo Bowden. So where did that come about? Well, I write for a publication called Minnesota Motorcycle Monthly. And uh, it's really just as simple as I know Alonzo Bowden is really into motorcycle riding. And I and I asked and uh, I was expecting a full call from his agent to arrange a contact, you know, when they transfer the call over. No, Alonzo just called me up. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, yeah. So I introduced myself as his prairie stalker. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was a wonderful 20 minute interview that should come out in next month's issue. I think you have a new Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. That's pretty cool. I he, Allison must really be overwhelmed with how amazing her fans are. Not me. I'm just sitting in a fucking dirty shed here. But you guys all do stuff. It's amazing. I don't know. It's pretty cool. I like making stuff. I'm you know, and everyone's got different things they enjoy making. Now, uh, when I heard Raphael was making these custom candles, I thought, wow, that is so cool. That is just one of the most creative things and it's one of the neatest things. And it's still very functional and practical too. So I really was impressed when I heard Raphael was doing that sort of thing. Thank you, but I it was so easy. Like literally anyone could do it. If if I could do it, anyone could do it. And I didn't actually make the candle myself, so I didn't do much. <laughs> Well, that's the part that my husband can help you with because he makes candles. <laughs> He'd be so mad that I just said that. Um, <laughs> I am going to insert a drop a... <laughs> of yeah. what are you, a woman? <laughs> what are you, a woman? Um, yeah, you say anyone can make them, but guess what? No one has. You have, so take yeah. the compliment. I... Yeah, take the compliment, Raffi. <laughs> Thank you. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Monday show with Cameron Esposito. Uh, she, it's take my wife is the podcast that she does or it's a show. It's a show, right? It's a show on CISO if I'm not mistaken. And that's like a video platform, kind of like Netflixy thing. Okay. So take my wife, she's a comedian, grew up with cross eyes and a patch and a bowl cut. And I just died inside of her when she said that my, my daughter has had a lazy eye and had to wear a patch for a while. And it was such a rough I was going to say rough patch, (laughs) a rough experience for her at a young age to have to, you know, have that. But those things, like she said, make you stronger and they make you either become a comedian or they, you know, if you're if you're strong willed or if you have the brain for it. I think some people maybe fall and be kind of let it define them instead of, okay, let's turn this into something funny or something good or something productive. Um, I don't know. Are you guys, either of you familiar with her before this show? She looked really familiar to me, but I didn't. I've heard the name, but I never actually heard. And then she said she's married to another stand-up. So I'm not. I think her wife's name actually struck me more familiar than than hers, even. Yeah, she's married to Rhea Butcher. I am not super familiar with either of them. I I know them from this podcast slash comedy show called Put Your Hands Together. Um, that they kind of mentioned on here a little bit, but um, I actually met Cameron on like a. It was August twenty seventh. I I just looked at the picture. That's <laughs> I thought why. you just pulled that out of your hat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was August twenty seventh. No, um, I was <laughs> I was talking to Leanne Leanne Ward. Shout out to her. And um, 
I was, I, 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 I think it was, it must have been like right when we were, I recorded an episode when you were gone, Lisa, because I was telling her, oh, Garfunkel and Oates are coming tomorrow and I want to go, but I don't know, I've seen them before and whatever. And Cameron was one of their openers. And then she's like, yeah, you should go. And I said, fuck it, I'm going. And then so I went and she got a heckler in the crowd and she dispatched of him very quickly she was pretty hilarious she was actually the she was the opener of the three acts and she was like the funniest one uh and then after the show like i i tweeted uh that about her heckler thing and then she liked it like right away and then right after the show she was like just standing out there and she would like she looks super cool if you guys haven't seen her like you see the picture on the podcast but she was wearing like a white leather jacket and her her hair is super cool so i was like kind of uh, intimidated to go talk to her, but I was like, whatever. And uh, yeah, so I went there. She's a strong ass woman to pull off that haircut, and it looks awesome on her. If I had that, you would think I was in an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a ton about her, but from that one night, she was very, very funny. And uh, yeah, I think she's great. I think her show, if her and her wife as comics together, that's a show right there. Yeah. Being your own opener. Heck yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think one of my favorite um, uh, quotes from this episode was Allison saying, I didn't have an eye patch and I wasn't a lesbian, but I still didn't fit in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even said, hear that. <laughs> she said that and it can, like Cameron kind of just, she's kind of a mellow lady as far as this or this interview went. It was just kind of like, very informational and it was interesting, but I almost forgot she was a comedian, which I think a lot of comics are like that. They're not, you know, clowns in their real life. They're just normal people, but then they have this outlet as a comedian. So it was sort of interesting, but she didn't laugh and it kind of just got coasted over and I laugh. I'm like, oh, am I, am I an asshole for laughing at that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't any of those things either, but I surely didn't fit in. Yeah, I have some uh, friends I hang with that are stand-ups, and you know, off mic, um, everyone's just just regular in a normal conversation. And if they ever do drop into material, ooh, frowned upon, something to, to fierce. They just uh, really look down on each other if you ever actually start telling jokes between comedians like that. Interesting. That makes sense though too, because I don't want to hang out with a bunch of people that are always on, or you know, I don't know. That might be kind of uncomfortable, but like, you know, everyone thinks Steve Martin, oh, he must be the funniest person to be around, but he's just really not. <laughs> I was surprised to hear how much of an introvert she considers herself and how she doesn't has to force herself to leave her house. Yes. It's funny because her, both her and Allie Sorry. Siegel are introverts or had kind of like the agoraphobic kind of experience from one level to the next. But it is interesting that someone could be an introvert and have all these things going on, but then want to stand up in front of everybody and be like, hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, like, exactly what they were talking about. Hey, I'm going to tell you all my opinions, and you're all going to listen. And I'm an introvert, but somehow I'm doing this. Wouldn't it be nice if you could, as a little kid with an eye patch, come up with enough self-confidence to just own it and just wear it proud and just be, yeah, I'm that kid with the eye patch? Because really, an eye patch is pretty cool. Right. It, absolutely. And there's nothing you can tell your kids to say, guess what? When you're older, you would have wished to just been like, I'm going to rock this patch and just screw all of you if you're going to make fun of me. And we're going through that right now with my son because he's so sensitive and so, uh, 
he's just a typical 11 year old where he thinks everyone is looking at you or something, you know, every little move is something that you're watching. And I said, you know, these people that are picking on you or, or that think that they're better than you, they only are projecting that they aren't actually better than you, but they think they are. So they're going to have all the control when you're taller and smarter than a lot of these people that are kind of, you know, the popular controlling people, but he doesn't have the confidence to pull it off. He's just like kind of, he's just really shy and introverted. But my daughter, on the other hand, I feel like now if she had to wear a patch, she'd be like, yep, I'm the one with the patch, everybody. <laughs> so yeah, maybe it did kind of, <laughs> yeah, really? Yep. Yep. She's got the eye patch. See, yep. that's it. There she is. She's, she's getting past it, you know, I mean, eventually, but it's, it's short term, but it's just be nice if you can, if you could just, but who's got that kind of self-confidence at age 10? Right. <laughs> exactly. I know my daughter was five when she had it and she would just cry and just cry because she didn't understand why this is a thing. And then she had to wear glasses and she has to wear glasses still. And luckily in her eye now, she will be able to get a driver's license because it's fixed itself so much. But it was the same as Cameron. When she was younger, she didn't have it, but it was when she would get tired, it would start like rolling around. And I thought, I don't know if that's a thing or not, but once she was in kindergarten, it's like, okay, this is definitely a thing. You could see it in pictures and, and it's definitely now, corrected itself much more. Her eye patch, were they the, uh, the one that with the band that goes around her head or was it the stick on one? We got the ones that you could connect to the side of the glasses. Oh, so okay. it would go on the inside and I got all these different cool patterns like zebra print and stuff like, Hey, look at my, <laughs> look at my eye patch. But I you thought the ones let's make tape. it more fun. We got the ones with tape, and I was always afraid of ripping off an eyebrow. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened to me. See, one thing I didn't know about my dad, I guess he had one, and it was corrected when he was like six. And sometimes I can see, like when I sometimes take a picture of myself, like I'm doing a selfie or something, I get a little crossy. But I have better than perfect vision, which is no one would have thought I had a lazy eye, so I don't know. I don't think I do, but every, I think it's just how I'm looking at the camera. I'm cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Raphael? Uh, no, no eye patches. I <laughs> Any lazy body I... parts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even the for... whole body. Um, <laughs> put an eye patch on just because it looked cool? I would love to do that. Um, Ooh, yeah. I think, I imagine if I have a kid, I'm going to teach them that people are going to make fun of you. So, because when, when I was a kid, I don't know if Lisa, you were like this, but when I was a kid, I knew people were going to make fun of me because <laughs> I was a nerdy loser, but... Um, so I immediately would make fun of them before they could make fun of me. And then not only that, I wouldn't like do like a light jab at them. It would be like, I want to, I want them to die or cry. (laughs) So I, like, I kind of was like a funny kid up until like through middle school. But, um, so yeah, I think, I think you should teach your kids to be funny because what better way is there to get through the rough years. I, I totally agree. I mean, that's how I've gotten through so many things is just trying to laugh at it. it. You know, even the most horrible things, you have to just laugh at it because you can't change it and you don't want it to take over your life. But I think my daughter has definitely gotten that. She's definitely sarcastic like I am and definitely definitely has a wit. And every once in a while, my son comes up with it, but he doesn't have that confidence where I told you before, I was trying to tell him, like, just go in there, just like what you were saying, Go in there before they say something to like have them kind of just create a smoke screen. Go away from me, you know, 
he's there's no bullying yet. They're still kind of young at that, but they're they definitely have the clicks and who's popular and who's not. And my son doesn't really hang out with guys that much. He hangs out with all the girls. Maybe he'll have like one or two guy friends because he just doesn't understand that kind of crazy wild guy kind of behavior. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, he just needs to be more confident because he's taller than everybody and he's smart. He can handle it, but he just kind of cowers to it all. You know, he's just, I don't know, he's not strong enough yet, I guess. I'm amazed how nice all the kids are in the senior high and the middle school to the special needs students anymore. And it didn't used to be that way, but boy, are they so nice now. That's interesting. That's great to hear. I, you know, I, the school that my kids go to, everyone is really pretty nice. It's, it doesn't seem like the school I grew up in. Sixth grade for me already was like, oh shit, this is it. This is it. Everyone's going to start picking on me. And it was, I was like super fat. And then my mom sent me to Jenny Craig. So then I lost some weight and then guys were noticing me. And it was like this whole thing all wrapped up and I'm just trying to go to school, you know, <laughs> and I'm seeing my son is in sixth grade now. And it just seems strange that all of those things I was going through then, it does, it seems very different. The landscape has changed a little, I think. That's good to hear from you. That's so, that, I don't know, that, sorry, that just threw me off because that's pretty, that's pretty cool. It's so different. Yeah, the uh, super athletes, this, they're straight A students and they're just uh, physical specimens and um, setting records in athletics and track and field and football. And they're volunteering and helping us at Special Olympics. These are the, the cream of the crop of the cool kids are the ones volunteering and helping out at Special Olympics and helping out with practices and stuff. And I just can't say enough good about these, uh, these kids today. Wow, that blows me away. That's some good parenting there. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a South Dakota thing, but uh, I, I can't say I've ever had a bad experience with any of these uh, high school students. And, I, you know, I live a block from the school and trying to back out of the driveway the ones that are let you out aren't the parents. It's the kids. They'll let me out of my driveway when I need to get out in traffic. So hats off to the kids today. I like that. <laughs> Raffi, what's your experience with high school kids? Just kidding. <laughs> um, so she talked a little bit about the hierarchy in stand-up, and I thought that was interesting. I think it's something I always kind of knew, but hearing her kind of spell it out, was interesting. So, Lee, you have friends who do stand-up. Yeah, I've started doing some stand-up myself. And I'm uh, pretty sure I saw a video of you doing one recently. Stumbling and getting started, but I, I felt good about it at first, and then as it goes by, I'll be able to nitpick myself some more. But she's exactly right of what uh, I've observed. It's always respecting those who have been at it longer. And uh, um, uh, well, one of my closest friends, um, do you remember the TV show, The Whitest Kids You Know? No, you it guys ever see that show? Okay, well, one of the actors on that was Timmy Williams, and and Timmy lives here, so I get to see him fairly often. And he's uh, explained to me and talked to me, and it's interesting talking to him and, and Dan Bublitz Jr. about which comics they look up to and uh, the respect they have for each other and uh, and just the polite and the courtesy of who's been at it longer and to listen to them and, and take input from them. They've been at it longer, and they've earned that position. Now, how long have you been doing it? Because you seemed very comfortable up there as if you've been doing it for a while. I've been an auctioneer for a long time. Oh, so, uh, okay. Getting in front of a microphone was uh, second nature as far as that went. Then community theater stuff, and I did some TV commercials years ago. So uh, getting in front of the microphone is the easy part. 
writing your own material is the tough part. So, uh, and then of course putting the two together because every time in the past, either in auctioneering where I'm simply counting and keeping track of who's got the bid, or uh, in uh, in front of a camera where someone else wrote the script, that's easy. But to write your own material where it's all you, that was a whole new experience. So you're like our own little hashtag owl. You do everything. You know how to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> None of it very good. But I'll attempt anything. <laughs> well, hopefully the sidecars are built well. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, they're overbuilt. They're probably 100 pounds heavier than they need to be just because I'm afraid of something breaking. Oh, that's so cool. I wish you lived closer. I want a sidecar. I, I don't want a motorcycle. I just want a sidecar to sit in. <laughs> I did talk to Al. Al, uh, hashtag Al, was mentioning, you know, I said, oh, you haven't done most motorcycle. And then oh, the sidecars are pretty practical. You can put... Uh, the whole family in a sidecar. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm sure he was right on board with that. <laughs> he was. He's uh, very enthusiastic about the sidecar idea. So they talked a little bit about entertainment changing as far as the path that you go to get to, say, your your goal of TV or whatever the path, whatever the path is. You're on this path, but it seems like everything has changed. So now you have to go a different route to get to where you want to go. And I feel like Allison keeps talking about wanting to do TV. And I think that number one, she's in a medium that is growing so great right now. And she's just, she's already on top. She could turn this into a show, but I feel like it's so weird how we're kind of going back in time with this modern technology, but back in time to listen to people talk. It's very strange. Sorry. Look at Jerry Seinfeld's show, comedians in cars getting coffee. If you'd have said, Oh, Jerry Seinfeld's got a new show, and it's not on TV. Well, years ago, it went, oh, he's not on TV. And now it's like, what difference does that make? It's Jerry Seinfeld. He's got a hit show. Right. It's interesting that we're all sitting listening to people talk again like it's before TV. <laughs> it's just weird. But also, she was saying getting different you know, TV deals or different things in different ways, like YouTube. Like, let's say, I mean, my kids are, I don't know about you, Lee, my kids are obsessed with YouTube, and... They know all these, you know, these people that post videos about literally nothing. So I can't really say it's much content as far as that is. But I think they even talked about the oh, one of the people that my daughter loves to watch. Miranda Sings. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> actually, both my kids like that. And they're obsessed with it. And I didn't realize she was actually like an opera singer. And she actually has all these, you know, she has talent. But now she's just put on a ton of lipstick and talks weird on a show, on a YouTube show. And she's making a living doing this. I, it blows my mind. She's yeah. big enough that Jerry Seinfeld had her on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Are you serious? I was serious? about to mention that. Apparently I'm not a good, a big a fan as I thought I was. <laughs> well, it was a weird choice because she's the only one who was on there who isn't like a traditional comedian or actor. Um, but I knew of her before uh, she was on the Seinfeld show. but And I thought she was funny and it was interesting, but um, I think a lot of people were not happy that she was on his show, though. Really? Cause she and she was on his show in character. Oh, yeah. really? I'm going to have to look that one up. I think she's funny, though, because she's, like, giving him shit. And it's it's just funny to me because, like, no one talks to Jerry like that. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, exactly. So what do you think that Allison should do? I mean, what is her next step? She wants to be in TV, but where do you guys see her? I mean... I know she wants to do video streaming eventually with the Patreon money. I, you know, obviously love listening to her every week, but what do you see her doing? 
I'd like to see her in something along the line. I would give up on network television completely. Clearly, their judgment is so poor. Right. That, uh, the number of shows that they've dropped and canceled or never even given them a chance. Clearly, network television is just doomed to kill itself. So you look into a Netflix, you look into a Hulu, you look into an Amazon, um, Vivo, Zulu, all of the different types, uh, just like Cameron Esposito is doing there. I think that, uh, yeah, what do you think, Rafi? Well, like she mentions that she's working on some book stuff now. I don't know what her next move is going to be, but for sure she would be great at writing. I mean, she is great at writing, so a book makes sense. I don't know what her, because like she says, you know, her goal would be like the show she has now, but just like on TV. So, I mean, I don't know how doable that is, but I feel like she could do that on her own via mm-hmm. YouTube or whatever. I think so, too. I mean, she could do the Thursday gang goes and does whatever they've talked about. And then they, you know, like they have the show and then they can intertwine clips of them. I'm thinking of the old old Thursday gang now, like going, you know, uh, ice skating. Although that was part, Jenna was part of that, too. Or, you know, watching certain movies that they talk about or seeing Greg at his house <laughs> doing whatever he's doing. I don't know. I, I But I don't know if that's too pigeonholed into just or just too niche you know not instead of because we all want to see it but i don't know will the world want to see it right and if you haven't seen it on her website she has a sizzle reel for allison what the fuck is it called it's called like allison questions it all or something like that um and it was a great idea but go watch that if you guys do you guys know what i'm talking about or am i just no i haven't seen it but you're you're ultra fan so was that the one that her and uh, and Greg were they? He was like hiding lemons in her purse. Was that the the pilot they were working on? Um, maybe, maybe not. Actually, I don't think so. I think Greg did work on this little sizzle reel thing, but I I think you guys should just check it out on her website. It's kind of it's not hard to explain, but it's not making sense right now because I'm huh. not good with words. <laughs> it sounds a bit like Adam's ruins everything. What is that? Oh. Oh, Ad- I I know the show you're talking about. Right. Um, Can't remember Adam's last name right now. But, uh, um, yeah, where he, he looks into something and breaks it down and proves how everything is a farce. Right. This was more like um, Adam Conover. She is like trying to figure out just like happiness, money. Things like that. So she, like in the sizzle reel, she talks to Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew and Greg Fitzsimmons. And she's just asking them questions about, it's like about life, really. And she's just like trying to figure it out. I like that. Pretty old then? How long ago? If she's still talking to Carolla. Uh, Towards the end of that, I'm assuming. Huh. That's funny when you said Adam ruins everything. I'm like, wow, let's just talk about Carolla now. That's what I thought you were talking about. (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look. So that's on her website, AllisonRosen.com. Yeah. Okay. And everyone should go there and support her in any way possible. Patreon, especially, and tons of new sponsors, by the way. Yeah, I wrote that down also. Yeah, if you want to talk about, I that. I was just listing the one with the uh, the the baby clothes that are uh, uh, standardized, uh, solid colors, um, and th- I love hearing. Uh, you know, baby related, maternity related sponsors like that. That's great. 
That's really great. And I think we talked about this on maybe the last episode that I keep forgetting that she's pregnant, even though she keeps reminding us, but I keep feeling like she's in that struggle, but she's not. She's done it. I don't know why my mind hasn't figured it out yet. Like she's actually going to have a baby at, you know, at the beginning of the next year. She talked about being able to do anything she sets out to do. Are either of you that way? Like you can accomplish, if you want to do it, you you can always do it. Are you, are you those kind of people or do you have... Uh, hurdles or do you put hurdles in front of you or I don't know Lee what do you where do you go on that I was going to make Raphael go first because I'm going to babble <laughs> like I just did in the question um, Raffi no see here's the thing I am I'm a person that when I want to do something if I I can always do it just like she does but I also put hurdles up in front of me. So then I'm like, actually, I don't really want, like I tell myself I don't want that for some reason. So certain things, I'm like, I'm going to be the best at this. So I'm going to go do that. And then other things like losing weight, I'll be like, well, I'm just going to talk myself out of this somehow because maybe I don't really want it. I just really want to be fat still. (laughs) (laughs) Donuts are good. Yes, they're my friend. They've been my friend for so long. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, so, Lee, are you kind of a wishy-washy like I am? <laughs> no. Um, I grew up being told not to try. And after enough uh, defeat, I just decided I, I don't know that I can't do it, so I'm going to try to do it. So I've tried to do so many things. Not because I thought I could do it, because I didn't know I couldn't. So I thought I'll, I'll try it first and find out if I can't. Interesting. So I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but by doing that, it's got me into doing things that I, I didn't know I couldn't. So I, I took up fly fishing and I live in a place where there's no fly fishing. And people would see me and, <laughs> where did you learn to fly fish? I didn't know I couldn't fly fish. You know, how did you learn to work sheet metal? I, I didn't know I couldn't. So I grabbed a hammer and tried. Um, how did you, where did you learn to be a machinist? Well, I, I didn't know I couldn't be a machinist. You know, I'd have no formal training as a writer and I've done very well as a writer. I didn't know I couldn't. I know I can talk. So I wrote down exactly the way I'd talk and, uh, people like what I have to write and, uh, pay me for it. So, Hey, and you know, if you can combine those two where I've got, I so much love motorcycles and I get paid to talk about motorcycles. I mean, talk about a dream come true there. So more than anything, I, I can't say it enough, is if you don't know you can't do it, well, then go do it. Until you have evidence otherwise, you know, who's to say you can't? Um, did you want a second job as my life coach? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can get my own life sorted out. <laughs> that what you have. Oh, okay, so we all need to be more like Lee, okay? So if, if you've learned anything, nothing else. Um. So Cameron talked about her strong religious upbringing and, you know, I did not have that. I had the opposite where I'm trying to find something now and actually trying to raise my kids with religion, but not beating them over the head with it, letting them have, you know, their options and their choices, but having a good foundation of right and wrong. And then you can believe in whatever you want to believe in, because I mean, I was basically a heretic when I was, (laughs) when I was. For, well, still. Um, But, you know, we go to church. I try and expose them to things that I wasn't exposed to because I, but it sounds like Cameron was, I mean, she wasn't allowed to do anything. But she also, like she said, she drank the Kool-Aid. So she's just, she was really into it. I mean, my daughter, when she first started going 
to her school, she would take her Bible <laughs> and stand out on on the curb and just be like proclaiming different verses. And I thought, well, either they're going to think we're insane or that we're insane. <laughs> but I thought, well, maybe she'll be a pastor one day. I don't know. Um, but I definitely wanted to instill something that I didn't have. I don't want them to grow up the way I did. But I don't know. Uh, Rafi, where are you on religion? <laughs> I think I already know. It's nice that you're getting your kids into it because they like fairy tales. <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew that was, I almost said fairy dust when I was talking. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's fine if if like I have no problem with people who are religious as long as they're not um, you know super judgy, <laughs> right? Um, just because I don't know, I have this thing where like as I probably have said on here before, you got to let people cook. Like just let them do their own thing. So if you're into religion, that's fine, but when you start trying to tell other people what to do, I'm not a fan of that. I think um, that goes with anything though because the loudest person in any group that represents a group is usually wrong or representing it horribly. And I was so scared of religion because or not religion or religious people and being judged and everything. I literally, it took me, let's see, my kids have been going to, the, we've been going to this church for I don't know how many years now, and I always cover up my tattoos until this year, where I was like, I'm going to be myself, and guess what? Nobody treated me any differently. <laughs> I, I had it all up in my head, but these people are w- much different than my my husband's parents. Like, that group and that church, which is, bas- it is the same church, but we go to different rooms for our services. They are definitely judgy, and I definitely feel them looking at me like, oh, she's got dark hair with a blonde streak in it. Like, she's crazy. I can see tattoos on her feet. That's an insane person. You know, close the doors. Don't let her in. Like, the judgy, non-Christian that pretend to be Christian church people. Or maybe they've just gone to dinner with you. Ah, shit! You know, I've warned about loudmouth Lisa, <laughs> and I don't think people believed it, <laughs> but it's a thing. You were you were totally fine. Uh, no, but see, yeah, I like 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 Leanne. She's a great example. Also, Jenna and Al are very good examples of this. How you can be religious and you can also be accepting of people. Yeah, and, right, exactly. and that's what it really is all about. Lee, are you a religious fellow? Not even a little bit, but. Uh... <laughs> Do you believe uh, we, in fairies? <laughs> no, uh, no magic sky fairies for me. Um, but uh, I, I do want my children to know about it. So when they are confronted inevitably with the, um, well, you just don't know. You've never read the Bible. I've read the Bible a lot. Uh, right. It just doesn't hold water for me. Now, with that said, we've got a local church that are the nicest people, and they really do what the character of Jesus said to do, which is to don't judge and be nice and help your fellow man. And they're just such wonderful people. Uh, um, tip of the hat to the First United Methodist Church here in Watertown. Mm-hmm. So uh, such nice people. And so we do go every now and then. And my wife uh, struggles with bipolar disorder, and they've been very, very um, understanding of that and very helpful with that. And uh, so... I can't say I've got a bad experience with the church that we do interact with, but as for me personally, I'm thinking they assume I'm a believer when we go. <laughs> but I, I like the stories. They have good music and they're very nice people, but uh, I'm not buying into it myself. Right. There are certain, like when I go to the traditional service, I 
the music puts me to sleep, the words, everything is just too, I don't know, I don't get anything from it, but when I go to the contemporary service, you know, where they have the rock band that plays pretty much the same song with different words over and over again, but they're catchy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because because apparently I've been brainwashed. Um, No, but I get a message from because they speak my language. Not the language that I had it, sir. Let's get it straight. (laughs) But (laughs) they speak in a way where you're learning something. And I've literally left church crying because I've gotten something from it. And it's not, oh, God was touching me. Okay, that's not weird. Okay, God spoke to me. And I feel that kind of, you know, higher power. It was just the message and the energy in the room just took over me and like made me feel really good for going. But I still, you know, reading the Bible, we have to memorize verses every single week. The kids each have their own. And that's literally what I'm doing on the way to school. We're memorizing verses. And I think, well, maybe this will protect me from getting into a car accident if this is something. If not, it's just very strange. Like, I just feel like I'm speaking a different language to them and they're just memorizing these verses. But Right now they love it. They want to, they go to Bible study every Wednesday night and they want to go to Sunday school and they don't want to go to a school that doesn't talk about Jesus. So right now they're pretty like sheltered and like, I feel good about it, but I still, you know, they see enough (laughs) shit at home, I guess. Maybe their escape is being at school. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if it's positive things, it's positive things, whatever that may be. So sounds great. And eventually maybe they'll stop believing in Santa and Jesus, but they'll get a good, the positive message out of it that is the main goal for me at least. Isn't that a tough discussion to say, <sighs> to say, okay, the Santa thing, yeah, we were pulling your leg. But, you know, Jesus, uh, yes. <clears throat> we're serious about that. Yes, and my kids are like, so Santa and Jesus are like friends, right? And I say, uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. But now, oh, wait, Santa's not, wait, and my kids still believe in Santa, so I have you had to have that conversation yet? Because I'm wondering when that has to happen. <laughs> I know usually um, the kids have been telling them the kids at school, you know, ever since kindergarten, there's always been the one kid. that's like, it's your mom. So is the tooth fairy. Get over it. You know, there's always that kid, but I, I don't know. I feel like know, I'm going to really disappoint. Into it explaining, explaining the tradition and the fun of it and, and how people get to pretend to be Santa. And we went through the history of, um, St. Nicholas and, uh, you know, you can go at it where they can understand the fun of the Santa Claus character without getting into the, okay, this guy breaks into your house, see? <laughs> if you're good, he'll leave you but treats. But he's not taking your stuff. He's leaving things. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling this is the year. Although, okay, both of my kids have been snooping. I've been already been getting presents. and sto- I usually storm in the shed that I'm recording in right now. But since I brought everything out, I thought, well... This is not going to be the storage shed anymore. And I've been putting it in the office in the house. And both of them are already snooping this week. I'm like, you little shits. Guess what? Santa's not real. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's a good icebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to talk really quick about her coming out to her parents because this leads, you know, ties in with the religious. And she said that a person coming out to her parents, like the parents feel like the kids died. And a person coming out, the person feels like they finally are alive. And it's kind of interesting perspective. I've never had to go through that. And I kept thinking about Megan through all this and thinking about the things that she had to go through and the things that anybody coming out has to go to go through. And I just can't, I, I, you know, I want to be, 
you know, if my daughter or son comes to me, I want it to be where there's that open communication of like, I want you to be whoever you want to be. And I'll support what, you know, whatever you are is what you are. And I'm going to love you no matter what. So I hope I convey that, but I don't know that part of her story really, really kind of made me sad. Yeah. No, I, uh, I so hope my 10 year old girl is, is gay. Oh, just not having to deal with boys. I, I wouldn't mind that as well. <laughs> my son's already hanging out with all the girls. So I'm like, well, oh. he's already got girlfriends. So let's maybe he's maybe he's interested in being <laughs> one of the girls. It's, just, it's never been a thing in our household. So it's never been an issue. And so we have we have same gendered couples coming and friends. and We go to weddings and it's just it's never a thing. So I, I just can't imagine I would be more depressed if my uh child felt a need to come out that it wouldn't be just something that was just a regular part of them growing that would depress me that i had failed and that they weren't comfortable enough and they felt it was something they had to reveal you know you know i would feel that same way and it would feel like oh where was i but you know you never know what's going inside your kid's head they might be put you know like she even said she didn't even really know she was until she made out with a girl you know like oh well there you go (laughs) (laughs) when when she said also that's when she went from improv to stand-up where you're pretending to be someone else to you know a form of comedy where you are just completely yourself I thought that was also interesting I never saw it that way Allison said that she always saw it as uh being improv was like a community thing and stand-up was like a kind of like a solo person thing but uh, it was another way to look at it that I'd never thought of, but it makes a lot of sense. That does make great a lot of perspective. Sense. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think of that either. I didn't even that didn't register. That's a very uh, that's a very good point. Actually, I do have one more thing, but I don't know if there's much to say here. Um, but during the JMOs of Monday, Allison mentioned that in, uh, in therapy that she said that she doesn't have any cruelty and that her therapist was like, no, everyone has cruelty in them. I thought that was funny because we all know that Allison is a super nice person, but maybe she's not cruel, but she has a darkness, right? Like she must, don't we all? I think so. I mean, especially she was in a punk band. She has to have have some darkness there. (laughs) Right. And I mean, I, I, this sounds weird to say, I hope she has some darkness, but I don't, I just, when someone's like, like, it seems fake to me that you would be like 100% good, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So like, I assume there has to be some sort of darkness. Maybe she's not cruel, like she was saying, but there's got to be something other than just sure good and niceness, right? Well, real easy, the go fuck yourself ringtone. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Even if you're just coming back at someone who's coming at you unfairly. How you defend yourself can be an act of, I don't want to say aggression, but you stand up. Well, there's some darkness right there. Okay, good to know. That was very well put. Um, All right, how about let's talk about Thursday. Piglets named Abigail, Froyo Holdups, and special guest Allie Siegel. Um, So we were her little Pop-Tarts, and I kept thinking, well, which flavor? There's like about a bajillion (laughs) or a bazillion, because that's actually the number. Um, It doesn't matter to me. I would need a plain Pop-Tart. A plain Pop-Tart. Am I a crazy person? Yes. Without <laughs> frosting? I like, 
I like bread, like shortbready kind of things, you know what I, I mean? I do too, but you could just get some trefoils and call it a day. So do you like it without any filling too, that they make that for the insane? Well, actually, <laughs> actually, I've never bought Pop-Tarts. The only time I eat them is like as when a kid when some, some friend would, <laughs> no, uh, when some friend would have them, but I don't actually think they're that good, but I prefer the bread part to the filling. Oh my gosh, you've lost your mind. I think you're eating poop tarts. I, I My favorite are the strawberry with the frosting, but... Shocking. Why? Because it's super plain and normal? No, because everyone... Because I'm fat? What? <laughs> oh, because everyone likes those? I'll try yeah. the new ones, and it's like, I didn't get Pop-Tarts as a kid, so those are the ones when I was growing up that I wanted, and all the other ones are just too sweet. I actually really like the cherry ones better, actually, if I really had to pick. But they're very blueberry. similar to the cherry. I mean, to the strawberry. But Oh, blueberry. Hands down. Blueberry. See, and I, I'll go. F- see, if I want, I don't eat them that often. And if I'm going to indulge, I ha- it has to be the one that I want. We've had s'mores ones sitting in our cabinet for months. I'm like, I'm not touching that thing because it's too many calories. And I'm not going to love it as much as I would a strawberry or cherry. But... Do you, my kids will eat them raw or uncooked or whatever, even though they are cooked, which is disgusting to me. Um, but I have to overcook them so they're extra brown on the outside, and then I really love that dough or bread or whatever. It's the only thing you like brown on the outside. <laughs> You're coming up on Halloween. You can just chuck those s'more pop tarts right in someone's Halloween bag when they come to the door. Ooh, smart. They'll thank you. You'll be like, yeah, I'm just cleaning out the cabinetry. I know. They're like, oh, we're coming here every year. Ah, shit. I have to stock up. Here's some soup. <laughs> we went to some oh, We went to some old lady's house. She doesn't live here anymore in this neighborhood because she can't live by herself anymore. And I think she forgot it was Halloween. So when we got there and we were kind of friends with her, but she's kind of she was a shut in. But she was, you know, her name's Betty and she was 90 and she brought she was so startled by someone at her door and then, oh, uh, you know, she said, hi. Oh, it's these kids aren't just creepily dressed up. They actually want something. So she went into like her cracker cabinet. <laughs> That's not a race. Don't no race jokes, Ruffy. <laughs> um, and she brought out like little bags of some dusty crackers. <laughs> the kids were like, yay. But oh, so I thought she You're better turn for light for the next people because her cabinet's going to be empty. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we, we've always just called it a pantry here in my cracker family. See, I, <laughs> I call it a pantry too, but at our house, we it's actually a cabinet now, so it's like, oh, that the food cabinet. I don't know. I grew up calling it a pantry, but I feel like we don't really have a walk-in or any kind of... Oh, no. I don't it's okay. Know. I've been called worse. I've been called worse. That's okay. <laughs> oh, a couple of honkies. Um, so, Rafi, do you have to burn your Pop-Tart bread? before you eat it um no from what i remember i ate them raw as well of course so (laughs) your steak you'll overcook but for your pop tart you're under oh (laughs) i got it medium still and you got yours rare right yes medium rare or medium coal because medium coal that's that's pretty dark (laughs) i feel like we're getting well okay megan ordered hers well done a filet, She's a, psycho. a filet mignon rare. I mean, well done. And then Rafi at least has a couple of sanity points with his medium. I don't. Yeah. I, I only like well, my meat rare. I like to be able to ride whatever is left home. Also, I don't. 
I'm not a fan of the filet, but shockingly, Lisa, yours was so good. Really? That's a good drop. Jay, do not. <laughs> it was, right? Filet is my favorite because I can't eat. Oh, I always think, oh, I can eat this huge steak, and then I never can. I usually have about half a filet le- left because it's so rich, but they're just my favorite thing now. That's if I'm going to have steak. I mean, not every day. Hey, I'm going to have filet. But yeah, the, let's talk about stir for just a second. The food was really good. I was really impressed. Yeah, um, it was better than I thought. Um, and like the prices weren't crazy. I don't know where, I guess just from you guys, I got this impression that the food was shit, the drinks are shit, and it costs a ton. I think thanks to Ray Morgan and everyone else who poo-pooed this whole plan. But I had no expectations except I thought we were going to see some people there, which, like I said, there was a host there that maybe was like a fringe person that I may have seen on an episode, but I haven't seen last year's season anyways. But the food was good. The ambiance was different. It was very LA, I guess. It was fine. I like that we had our own private room. That was cool. Although it seemed like we were in the middle of like we're the kitchen and like everybody kept coming through to use ours as like a pass through. But um yeah, I had the filet and the Brussels sprouts were so freaking good. And I didn't have any specialty drinks. I just had um I think Prosecco, <laughs> I think, because <laughs> According to Raffia, that's when I really lit up. <laughs> um, I don't even remember what. I, oh, we were drinking that uh, sangria thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That looked good. I don't think I had any, but I don't remember. Good. Uh, the one thing I hated about it, being it, sir, is that they were playing Vanderpump Rules behind the bar in a that, giant big screen TV. That was weird, but I think that it made sense just because of the fact that we were there because of essentially because of that show, it would make sense that they would be showing it. It's just it's like now we're a par- now we're a parody of ourselves. It wasn't bad enough before, but now this is what goes on when you're at other times, that, but not now. <laughs> it was just weird. The whole thing was weird. I yeah, I don't know. But it was I'm glad we went for Allison's sake. Uh, you know, we took one for the team, but it ended up being a tasty, a tasty trip. Um, yeah, so I guess we should start talking about the episode now. <laughs> uh, so Ali Siegel filled in for Greg, which I always hate it when I see Greg's not in it. I'm like, oh, even though the episode's always great still. But I always had this, uh, Greg's not there. But uh, I just listened to... Allison met Ali Siegel on Get Up On This, Jensen Karp's uh, podcast. And I just listened to that episode. Thanks to you, Rafi. You're like, you need to listen to this. If you like Jensen Karp and you like, you know, Allison, at least listen to that episode. And it was a really good episode. So, And Ali Siegel was on filling in for someone else on that episode. So I, I guess that's where they met. And now she was on this show. So I don't know. You guys think she was a good fill-in? I think yeah. I think she was, and also really quick um, on Instagram, uh, I follow Allie on there, and she posted some picture, and then Jenna commented on it, and she's like, "I'm so glad we met. I'm so glad we're friends." And I was like, "How the fuck do they know each other?" I was like, "What is going on here?" And then I was like, "This has to be Allison related," and then sure enough, I found out a few days later that yeah, it was. Um, so I was very excited about that. But yeah, if if you guys know the actor Jason Siegel, uh, Ali is, uh, that's her brother. Yeah, he's really into motorcycles, and I so want to interview him, but he doesn't have a whole lot of social media. So you hear that's that, kind Jason? Of a bummer. 
You hear that, Jason? You need to be interviewed because he listens to this show. He's maybe he's not on social media, but he does listen here. <laughs> <laughs> he likes obscure shows that he knows nothing about. Yeah, um, he's he's got some neat bikes. Well, if you notice, remember him on How I Met Your Mother? He was always wearing motorcycle T-shirts. See, I never saw that show, but I'm sure he did. Motorcycles are cool. <laughs> I was. Uh, That's all I got. Very- I was uh, you know, worried about something, dare I say, sinister, when there was no explanation as to why Greg was gone, but I think it was just an oversight. It is surprising when they don't mention it. It's funny how everyone on Twitter is like, oh my God, what's wrong? Everything's, the world is crashing because Greg, oh, he's shooting a pilot. Okay, cool. <laughs> it was like the, you know, the world was ending, but um, it is weird when they don't say because you're used to hearing him on and then he's not on. So, Yeah. Uh, Jenna's watching Friends for the first time, which I'm kind of shocked about that she's never seen that show. I came to that show late, but not maybe a couple of years late. Um, I've been wanting to rewatch it because of there are a lot of podcasts out there that I want to listen to. And I think that would be fun, too, because I did that with Gilmore Girls and listening to Gilmore Guys, which I never thought I would like that show. And at first watching, it, I thought, OK, this is trash. And then. And then I missed it and I wanted to rewatch it again. And I did. And I've been listening to the podcast and it's, it made it more fun. So I think that'd be really fun to do. There are two that I want to listen to actually that are watching friends right now. And I think that would be a lot of fun. Is one of them called best of friends with Aaron Mallory long? I think so. Okay. She's someone who I just like, uh, I've mentioned Allie Gertz, uh, as a potential guest when she gets bigger, for Allison, Aaron Mallory Long is someone I've been watching also that could be a potential guest in the future when she gets bigger. But um, I feel like Allie Gertz is big enough. She isn't. I feel like she's in so many. Th- like, Well, maybe because she was on the Twin Peaks podcast that I listened to. And then she's on Dana's show a lot, isn't she? Dana. Dana Gould? Yes. I, I say, like, oh, we're friends. Oh, you know? um, <laughs> I know he's been on their Simpsons show. I don't listen to Dana Gould, so I don't know if she's been on, but I feel like she might have been on once. Um, but I, I want to talk about Friends for a bit. Okay, good. As, as a kid, um, we didn't have cable for a long, long time. So all we had was reruns of sitcoms to watch. Either that or like the Spanish soap operas that my mom and sisters would watch. So I like the shows that I watched were The Simpsons, Seinfeld, uh, Friends, Will and Grace, any any sitcom. Oh, um, Mad About You. So I just watched sitcoms all the time, like not movies, not really cartoons that much, just sitcoms. And I, I'm pretty sure I've seen every episode of Friends. I like it well enough, but whenever it gets brought up, I make fun of it as being like a much lesser Seinfeld, which they're not even comparable really because it's like real life and one is like a comedy show um but i i want to get your thoughts on friends lisa because it's it's good but i i don't know i've had the pure uncut heroin that is seinfeld (laughs) and nothing compares it's tough because they came there they were out around the same time and it's easy to compare the two and i liked friends a lot but Definitely nothing like. I mean, Seinfeld is the gold. That it's what's better than gold. Everything above that. It's just, yeah, it doesn't compare. I do like it. I like it well enough. And there's definitely some things that come from it. You know, some sayings that I'll 
say something, I'm like, oh, that's totally a friend's thing. But in general, Seinfeld comes up in my life pretty much every day, all day. Friends does not. But I definitely like it, and I'd like to rewatch it because it was fun. Especially in the beginning, I think the first few seasons were really funny. Lee, do you watch Friends or Seinfeld? I was always I enjoyed Seinfeld. I always feel guilty if I'm just sitting on my butt watching TV, so I I tend to have it on while I'm doing something else, or I had it on out in the garage. But you mentioned Will and Grace, and that caught my ear because Will and Grace, to me, was simply Ned and Stacy with one character change. Are you familiar with Ned and Stacy? I, I am so. not that old. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. It's Deborah Messing in the same apartment what? with the character that played. Yep, the guy oh, that, that played. That sounds familiar. Remember the guy that played Lyle on Wings? Yes. All right, I can't remember the actor's name, but they put him and Deborah Messing in the same apartment. It was the same show as Will and Grace, oh my God, but it I totally didn't hit that show now. until they changed him out. And they had a, a muffin shop called Amanda's of Muffins. And no. <laughs> uh, it was the exact same show with one character change. And it was, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Chuck Lorre? Yeah. Right. It was, it was the same show. So it was interesting in that one was a huge hit. And, you know, uh, Will and Grace was such a huge hit. But Ned and Stacy made it like two seasons. It was the same show. So I wondered if it was mainly about scheduling. Interesting. Uh, but all the look- Chuck Lorre stuff. Yeah, yeah. Check out Ned and Stacy because... They changed one character, basically. <laughs> oh, Sean Hayes. They did throw in Sean Hayes, too. Yeah, um, as far as Seinfeld goes, uh, it, it was such a, a show of its era, too. Uh, For sure. And then, of course, as far as Friends goes, um, it was interesting when Friends ended, and it needed to end. It had run its course. And they moved Everybody Loves Raymond from the Friday night time slot into the Friends time slot. And Everybody Loves Raymond wasn't a very good show. It survived on Friday night for several seasons simply because it was Friday night, and that is such a family-friendly, safe night. So they move it to Thursday night, and suddenly everyone looks at each other and says, you know, like the Emperor's new clothes, says, oh, this is a great show. Yeah, Thursday night, this is a great show. It was never a great show. It's funny, and then King of Queens, too, right? King of Queens was on before, after that. Right. It's funny that a night used to determine the good of a show and that goes right back to us talking about how everything's changed because I don't even know what days things come out. I know some people still do. It's a thing, I guess on, you know, Netflix or Hulu or something. But to me, you're just binge watching things. I don't even know what days come out. It it comes on when I want it to come on. (laughs) Yeah. And, and of course, no disrespect to Phil Rosenthal, who's, uh, and, and, uh, Ray Romano himself and, uh, uh, um, Richardson, you know, I mean, I, all the actors, but it just, it was never that well written of a show. So when they took the Friends time slot, it was interesting to see Everybody Loves Raymond take off the way it did. Um, I never thought about that that way. It, just, it got moved to a killer time slot. It was, um, what's Corolla say about Los Angeles being a, a, a right time, right place? Yeah, location, location. Oh, you know? yes. Well, so, ta- yeah, as far yeah. as TV shows go, I guess that's kind of my rant there, is it, it seems like the time slot thing. And then when they, they just force it out, like, this is a great show, really, you should be watching this, this is so great, really, it's great, really, it's great. And then whenever no one really stops and says, is it really, is it really that great? <laughs> it's just like terrestrial radio. I guess I like this song. I've heard it a hundred times. <laughs> well, I was going to say when we were talking Friends versus Seinfeld that, 
during our weekend at PodFest, uh, I brought up Seinfeld quite a bit, and I never once quoted Friends. So, I mean, there's one that's really about life, and then there's one that's just a fun show to watch. But the Friends finale is fucking garbage. Trash. The whole... I'm, you know, I'm not going to get into it, because I'm going to just keep going, but... Very passionate. Yeah. So, I guess we need to start watching that, then, and uh, listening to the podcast, and then we can comment on that. We can have a show about a show about a show. Oh, wait, we already do that. So they talked a little bit about LA Podfest, which I really wanted to hear Greg's take take on it too, because there were things that I remembered after the fact, you know, conversations that I had had and being reminded of things that I said. Um, but watching them do the show live was awesome. It was just to see how they set up and how they sit and how they just the whole thing. It was different because you're just listening to it and you're imagining it. Obviously they're not sitting around a table. They were sitting behind a table in a line. And that was, you know, they made a lot of jokes about that, which was funny, but Greg is just so funny. Like the way he just sits and just kind of, he really takes control of a lot of the conversations. <laughs> it was really like just being, you know, it really was being there. Rafi, what was your, do you have any new takes on it? Or I don't know, maybe people haven't heard or read our recaps or listened to our, <laughs> drunken recap <laughs> special i don't know if i have any anything new to say i i did a little recap for facebook because uh i think the the fan group that you started over there is pretty cool um it's nice to interact with people uh off of twitter other than just meeting greg was really cool he was i don't know different than how i thought he would be he was super nice but um, Jeff mentioned that when we came back from Sir, he was sitting there and he said, oh, it's like I wore out my welcome with them. That was not what was what was going on. We were just like kind of surprised, I think, to see him. For sure. Uh, and I know I said something stupid like, oh, are you done crab feasting or something so stupid? And I thought, oh, cool. Let's say some more dumb things. And I just didn't say anything. I wanted to sit and like, let's talk. But I knew he was sick and I... He had been working all day. I didn't want to bother him. Definitely was not. Uh, what did he say? What did you say? His welcome he's, was not said, worn yeah, out with us. Like, I wore out my welcome with them. No, it's just we were surprised to see him there that much later because we forget sometimes that these people have lives outside of the show. So he has other shows that he works on. Right. They're not um, like Vicky the robot in a cabinet just waiting for us to turn on the podcast. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, other than that, no, my, the only thing I will say about PodFest is that it was so nice meeting everyone. Like, uh, the day before the show on Friday, uh, me and TS like got lunch and then we walked to Amoeba and we were in there just having a good time. And Matt, when I met him later that night, it was great. And then Saturday I met so many people and just like seeing you again and meeting your husband and seeing Megan again, it was just what the memories I have from it are more from being with all of you guys and not so much from the show itself. So I feel I'm the same way. I think, I think everyone should watch the live stream. You could still use the code Rosen uh, to get $5 off and you should watch the live stream. You can see us walk in. We look pretty goofy, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember much from the show itself. The show was great. Um, the meet and greet was, I, couldn't believe they all went above and beyond staying there for so long with us. I mean, long enough for me to think, oh, I need to have something else signed. I'll think of something else that I have in my purse. What else do I have? And I swear I cannot find a picture of Allison and I. It's like she probably thinks I'm the worst fan in the world because I'm like posting pictures of me and everybody else. And I'm just 
looking and looking for a picture of her and I. I don't know who took a picture of us. I know somebody did, but I can't find it anywhere. And I know she's not thinking about me, but that I was just pretending. Um, but everybody took so much time. And, and I remembered her. I forgot a conversation her and I had about her sister moving back here, which I think is so cool that her, you know, her kids, their kids can be friends and grow up together. Um, that's pretty neat to have a sister that's already gone through it recently to be there in, a, in addition to Jenna and her other friends. But just, I mean, Daniel, you know, we talked about Twin Peaks forever and he was just so, I mean, literally grabbed his phone and was like, oh, I thought of you because I'm making this. And I was just like, what? <laughs> okay, cool. And here's your present. And, you know, we were just talking about him doing a Twin Peaks podcast. I said, I've listened to a a few and I liked one of them a lot. And then he just said, you know, let me know which ones that, that those are. Cause I want to hear it. And I really am thinking about doing one. I thought that would be so much fun. I said, I would listen to another one if you were doing another one, because it would be really fun. And then Jenna and Al kind of seemed like they needed to leave, but they, you know, they talked and they chit chatted and they were, you know, they're pleasant as, as always. And, then talking to Greg, like, just totally blew me away. I, I know I can't stop talking about it, but, like, he is such a tiny, compact man and has so much personality in this tiny person. But he doesn't look, like, scrawny. He looks like a normal-sized man, but in a compact version. But Can I yes. ask you guys a question about the PodFest there? But um, So there was a whole bunch of other PodFests that were at the event. Right. Yes, there were other podcasts like TJ Miller's was going on about the same time as Allison's, and they had different rooms and different shows going on at different times every day. So you can. I was just wondering if there was any chance you were going to run into uh, any of the old Corolla crew and the sort Ooh. of interaction that would have been. I didn't even think of that. I just kept thinking, okay, I hope I see people that are. I was going to miss Greg Fitzsimmons the next day and Paul Gilmartin's show. And Jensen Karp's show. So I was kind of hoping they would be there on Saturday for me to run into. But I didn't. I, but I didn't even think about Corolla Crew at all. There was no chance of that, I think. Because when he does live shows, they're like so big that this was like... They did have a big room for like uh, the bigger shows. I don't... But I don't think we would run into... Like maybe one of the ancillary people. But like there was one guy who kind of looked like Gary also. And I'm like, that better not be Gary. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was the whole experience. I feel like I'm hungover in two respects. <laughs> I drank a lot apparently, but I, when I first got there, I was so nervous. I was so nervous to meet all of the Allison fans because they're all coming from everywhere. And I was so, it's more excited. I was so excited. And then I'm nervous to see the whole Thursday gang. Just that's so much excitement and for such a small area and I thought, okay, I need a drink. And then my husband kept me in Jameson Neats the whole day. Like, he just kept handing me them. And I didn't eat. And then it just kind of, it, you know, it, 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 it kind of uh, caught up with me. But I think I maintained enough, at least for the Thursday gang, and to not totally offend all of the Allison fans that I'm so excited. That was, that was just, I don't know. I, I, how did we top that? There were so many great people that we met. I feel the same way as you, Rafi, that... That was such a huge part of the podcast was all my memories of everybody and meeting all these people that we've talked to on Twitter that I only knew them as their Twitter handle, maybe, or as their profile picture. And it's like, okay, now I actually know what you look like, <laughs> you know, and it was just, it was kind of weird. It was like Twitter came to life and we all have. I, 
Allison in common. It was awesome. I did want to hear Greg's take on it because I, I don't know if he'd interacted with people um, coming from behind the scenes of television and movie production as he has to interact with people off a podcast who no one's there for anything other than positive interaction. Every single person here is here to see you and say, hey, dude, you're pretty cool. We like what you do. Right. And I even asked him, I said, did you think you were going to become a star from doing a podcast? And he just thought, no. (laughs) But it's just, he was just so engaging and so in the moment, it seemed just very more down to earth than I thought he would be. I just thought that he would just be like, cool surfer dude. I'm just going to like ride this wave into this group of people and they're all going to love me because I'm funny. And then I'm going to like get out of here. But he was just a genuinely cool person. But, and then of course talking to Colonel Jeff, I, and I felt like I lingered amongst like everyone else talking to him. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and listen to everybody else ask him questions. Um, and I didn't realize he was sick until he left, but he was just, I don't know. Sometimes people that are that witty and smart, I think that they're going to be, I don't know what they're going to be in person. And he was just like, I asked stupid nervous questions and he didn't, he wasn't condescending or rude or any kind of like, he was just very nice and polite and cool. I don't know. Allison knows how to pick them, apparently. Daniel, I don't know. I think I was like standing over there kind of like by you and Jeff doing the same thing, just like standing around loitering, listening to other people. But um, when Daniel and Allison were leaving, he came over and said bye and shook my hand, which was kind of, I was like, I don't do that with like people I like. <laughs> with my friends i don't do that i just like okay i'm leaving and i leave you just go yeah. in <laughs> and, in fairness he was afraid you were going to fire him if you didn't <laughs> he didn't shake your hand on the way out the door <laughs> yeah, i actually thought about that i was like i was like what is this a corolla christmas party um but no i thought that was like super nice of him and just they're they're all great and yeah i don't know i i don't know when we'll have another experience like that but hopefully next year I just hope she does starts doing some more live shows. I, I know she, she. It seems like she's gearing up to do so many things like TV and book and whatever she's doing with Greg and all these things. And it's like you're gonna have to settle down because you're having a kid soon <laughs> and you're trying to gear up for something. And you hope you might be able to pull it off. She might, but I just hope she's not disappointed when everything's gonna come to a standstill for a while. I don't think it's bad with one baby. It's two and three where it really starts to come crashing. And oh, yeah. Three is like you're outnumbered one. at three. But yeah. with one, just the newness and everybody can tell you everything to prepare you and you're not going to be. And the first six months are hell. And then and then all of a sudden you can be yourself again. <laughs> I think that's what Jenna said in a recent episode. Like all of a sudden I was there and Al said, oh, well, hello there. You're back. My wife's back. And that is how it feels. You're like in this crazy fog of motherhood and not knowing if you're doing everything right and trial and error and not sleeping and you're a zombie and yeah. And you're trying to be cool. Like, I'm going to try and do everything like I did before. Guess what? That's not happening. <laughs> Unless you're Superwoman, which she may be. But yeah. I don't like know sleeping. if that exists. Yeah. <laughs> what? Sleeping, sleeping eight hours straight. I'm like, no, that's not happening. No. I, pff, I haven't done that for 10 years, 11 years. Um... So the next Patreon live stream is coming up around, I think it's going to be October 9th. So you all need to get in on the supporting of her uh, Patreon page because it's super fun. 
um, to do that. And I think we already talked about going to AllisonRosen.com to do that. Patreon, support all of her new sponsors and old ones. And um, yeah, so they were at the Grove, which we were close to during PodFest. And actually, I went there for my daughter. I went took her to the American Girl Doll store, which was right next to the farmer's market. I don't know how people in LA go out because when I went there, it was so overwhelming. I'm like, I'm never coming back here ever again. I hate it. There's so much I love about LA and Hollywood and just everything, but the it's crazy. Rafi, you come from not here. What is it like when you come here? Uh, the, what, what, uh, like coming to LA and like the people and the parking and the just everything about it. I, navigating my way around this place, that place. It is very, very weird. And like I was talking with you or Megan or somebody, I don't know. I was saying how <laughs> when like when I land and I go pick up the rental car, like I have to remember I'm not in Colorado anymore. I can drive like the asshole that I normally drive, but like I can turn it up even. Um, over <laughs> here, I'm like, over here, yeah, I'm like some psycho on the road. And over there, it's like no one bats an eye. Um and just like par- I will never get used to parking uh, because I just here you just go somewhere and you either park like at their parking lot or very, very nearby. Don't really have to walk anywhere. Um, going I, I went to the Grove uh, a year ago when I was there because I forgot to pack. I had like my shirts on hangers on a doorknob and then I left without them. <laughs> Although so you say you forgot your chonies. <laughs> no, I landed and I was like, oh, I have literally the shirt that I'm wearing and that's it. So I, I try to go to the Grove because I'm like, I've heard of the Grove. Let's go there. They have stores. It must and be I was, easy. I was telling uh, Megan that it's just like the Cherry Creek Mall here, except for it's outdoors. Like it's the stores are not special. It's right. just like in a cool place. And I feel bad because Matt wanted to go to the farmer's market area for breakfast and I we ended up going somewhere else that I uh, suggested but we could have possibly seen Abigail the baby pig yes the piglet I can't believe they have this no they didn't really explain why the pig was there <laughs> there was like a like a petting zoo the okay so it was a petting zoo I didn't know if this farm sanctuary was doing something maybe they're trying to get money or maybe they were I didn't know what they were doing because the guy coming up asking to buy it sounded reasonable to me. I don't know if they're looking for homes for these pets. <laughs> the way he went about it was not reasonable. Let me backtrack on that part. But I thought, okay, so they're just, it's an awareness to saving animals and maybe let's pet these cute pigs and maybe don't eat them. Is that it? I'm, I'm assuming it was a petting zoo. Don't take my word for it. But um, if you like look on Twitter, uh, Allison found the actual place that did it. And also she posted a video on Instagram of the little baby pig. I love these kinds, uh, these little life situations where you're just at the Grove with your sister, family time, shopping, you know, hanging out. And then this little piglet's there and you're, it's cute. And that's different than normal. But then they have a whole scene, you know, like that kind of scene needs to be in her show. Those kinds of little things. Um, So obnoxious man wanting to buy the pig. I... It reminds me of the Craigslist guy, the guy that would not take no for an answer that Rafi and I still have to to, to play out because I think it fits in right right here um, into this topic. But um, they were speculating on why the guy wanted to buy the pig. Um, did either of you do you, either of you have an idea of like what you would have thought? 
Rafi. I just assumed he wanted it because his kids were like, oh, that's cute. I want it. And he's like, oh, I can buy that because that's how things work in America. Um, but I don't know. Lee, are you with me that I wanted to punch this guy's stupid face in? Right. I, I think it was a, an entitlement. Is I've, I've got money. You've got a pig. It's just a farm animal. I also don't think he had any clue how big that pig was going to get. Right. And I, the way... I- I pictured him as like maybe he just won the lottery, like a newly rich fat American family. They're like, what can we buy today? There's a pig. Let's buy that. That's kind of. (laughs) Yeah. How everyone they're like, oh, I wish I could win the lottery so I could buy a pig. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got to keep myself in hot dogs. Remember, I'm Don Wiener. Um, (laughs) Well, I just picture like everywhere he goes, he's like. Well, I've got money, so my kids want that thing and we're going to buy that. But I just picture him being newly rich. Like, I need a pig. Because it's like that. Have you ever watched any of those lottery shows, like the new winners, and they buy like the most ridiculous things? Oh yeah. And it's just oh, like the gold-plated Blues Brothers statues by the pool. I I don't even know. Yeah, let's go to the farmer's market and buy a pig. Because <laughs> we're, we're you'll <laughs> love this. All right, you ready? Uh oh. My parents won the Powerball. Oh no! No. Yep. Uh, so they went from a single wide to a double wide. <laughs> <laughs> not making it up um their uh, land didn't <laughs> so i was con- literally doing a congratulations with my hands <laughs> so proud of them yeah um they they couldn't have a basement the ground was too close to the water table so that was like well we'll just put in good footings and get a bigger double wide and they're not the, there's an awful lot of people who when they win the lottery they don't go crazy but that's not fun on TV, so that's the only one to right. put a camera in front of. So all my folks have done is just lived off the interest, and that's all they've done. But I okay. think a lot of people like that, but it's just not funny. Right. I have questions. <laughs> yeah. So they won the big Powerball jackpot? Part of a group, yep, part of a group. So. Oh, okay. Um, so it was like, like 40 coworkers did a pool thing. Exactly, yep. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, if you have, like, hundreds of millions of dollars and you bought a trailer, like, I'm upset <laughs> at that. No, uh, it, was, they, it was well, well under $1 million each by the time it was done. It wasn't one of those crazy numbers. And then, of course, whatever number they throw out, you figure you get to keep about 65%, and then there's tax issues and everything. And, of course, you don't want to leave it in your bank account. You have to tie it up in other stuff. Or blow it if you want to do that. But yeah, um, I just thought it was so, even though, you know, it wasn't an insane number. Like I say, each of them got, it was less than a million dollars. And everyone was really careful about how they utilized it. So it doesn't get talked about much. The only ones that you really get talked about are the ones that go out and buy themselves a gold-plated pig at a farmer's market. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to gold-plate this right as soon as we leave because I don't want it to grow to be 400 pounds. I'm going to dunk this pig. <laughs> That's awesome. They're living off the 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 uh, interest. That's right there. That's perfect. My neighbors are best friends with people that won um, seven million, something like that. But they are both uh, financial analysts and some. I don't know. They both have financial jobs. They did not go crazy. They did exactly what I would do: just buy houses in a bunch of different places to go visit, and they, you know, and they spoil their friends with taking them out to nice dinners and doing fun things like that. And some, some decent cars, you know, nothing crazy, just nice and sane. Yeah. That peace of mind, not having to worry. Right. 
It went to the right people. Me, my husband and I would be dead in like a month. And we'd be gold plated. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. We would be like dumb and dumber. We would have like foam 10 gallon hats and pinwheels. I can't buy that pig. I'll buy your whole farm. <laughs> You're not going to take it. Yeah, this is actually the opposite of my problem with my guy, though. My guy was so pushy. He wanted to undercut my my sale by so much. And he wanted me to drive far. Like, it, it was it was fun. It was funny. Uh, yeah, pushy asshole that gets through life. Like, how, she even mentioned, like, how is this how you get through life? Just p- being pushy? Apparently, because he is old and he's still doing that. Yeah, I don't. I mean this is like one of those things like when you see someone who's like kind of an arrogant person and but it like works for them you know what I mean yeah I I just don't have that kind of confidence that I'm like oh I can be an asshole and things are gonna go well for me like that's not how I live my life I just wonder I mean they must strategically place certain people in their lives around them so that they can be these people yeah I don't know how people would let me get away with being that you know maybe once uh, every couple months I have some too much to drink (laughs) and I need to buy a pig and pigs for everybody at sir. (laughs) Yay. Pigs for everyone. (laughs) You're all whores. I'll buy you pigs or whatever I was saying. Um, (laughs) yeah. So, okay. So Allie was talking about her Froyo holdup situation, which I thought was so funny. I have situations. I've had a situation like that. I was wondering if you guys did, but I also, have this other situation where there are restaurants I go into that have been around for years. They're still doing business, but every time that I go in, it's empty. And I just think it has to be a front for something. It's this huge building with a bunch of empty empty tables, and we're the only ones eating there. I don't... It has to be. And it's usually Indian food, seems like. Do you, Have you had any hold-up situations or storefront Money we laundering a, restaurants in your neighborhood. Right, we had a tattoo shop next to us oh, that did yeah. more five-minute tattoos than <laughs> I knew was possible. That people would go in, get their tattoo, and be gone in in four minutes. It was uh, really impressive. Now I never saw them actually anyone coming out with a bandage like they had just gotten a tattoo, <laughs> but that must have been what they were doing. It was a tattoo shop, so of course they were giving tattoos in you know five minutes or less. They could be temporary tattoos. Right. You don't know that. That's funny. We have a neighbor that has five-minute visits. (laughs) Like, hmm, quick conversations. Um, Rafi, do you have anything, any holdups or storefronts? No. My sister works at a Walmart that was uh, a couple of gunmen went in uh, during closing, but no, nothing for me. (laughs) That was for realsies. This frozen yogurt situation sounds exactly like, well, they kind of said, well, maybe they were just closing, but... It did have that situation of like, I'm a hostage and I'm you're getting vanilla because that's all I'm going to be able to do right now. Or maybe there there have been some times where I think this person doesn't know anything about what they're selling. Maybe they just came in to rob it, killed everybody. And now they have to pretend to work there and they don't know what they're doing. Because I've had that situation where it's like, do you even know what you are right now? Just <laughs> what you are. Um, so this kind of, well, that kind of reminds me. So... You know how there's been like JMOs of like people who say like that they want to be the the person at the cash register scanning things or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this this kind of to me sounds like something I would kind of want to try. Like just leave me alone at like the frozen yogurt place and see if I can run the place. Um, but in reality, I'm sure it would not. That be would be a good reality show. I think it's not as good as uh, what was the stupid one with uh, can't remember their names on the Hiltons. 
and the Nicole Richie. Uh, it's called The Simple Life. Thank you. So it would be something like that, but like for real. <laughs> All right, here you go. You're on your own. You have to learn how to do something you've never done before. I Just think you in. and I would be turning out Froyo like nobody's business. <laughs> When are you guys open on Sunday? Oh, they're not. <laughs> they're I'm not just here. <laughs> just like, oh, just like Seinfeld delivering mail on a Sunday. I had this. Okay, so where I used to live, well, actually closer to where I used to live. Uh, the city I live. Okay, here we go. The city I live in. They film a lot of movies, a lot of movies, a lot of commercials. A lot of things are shut down so they can film real movies. But also, there's a big college here, and it's they have a huge film school. So there's always student projects going on around the city, also. So my husband and I were walking down to downtown. So we're walking down and we went into the liquor store to get something. I'm sure it was something like candy, okay, or chips. And there was a guy being held up with a crossbow. <laughs> but in our minds, we're like, they're probably just filming something. Because whatever, like they were just acting something out. So we're like, okay, we're just going to buy this and leave. And then when we left, my husband's like, what if he was really being held up right now and we just were like, cool, good luck on your film project. <laughs> See you later. Whoa, wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> you walk into a store. <laughs> the <I> guy's <laughs> pointing a crossbow at the guy behind the counter and you still purchased something and left? Yes. <laughs> How does that work? I think he was holding up the other guy that was working there. Like the guy at the register was like, all right. And they were all so cool and calm that I was like, well, I don't know who was supposed to be working there or wasn't. We just bought our thing and left. And I thought, and my husband was like, what if that really, I think we saw cameras too. I'm sure there was cameras. And we were just like, what if we just walked in on that situation? We're like, we're just going to buy our thing and leave you guys alone. <laughs> now you're just trying to justify it. I'm I sure there was a camera there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, there must have been. <laughs> The camera? I don't know. I think it might have been. So it's like the ending of Seinfeld where the Good Samaritan, I'm like, I see something bad happen. I'm like, good luck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lisa, really quick. I was going to ask you, do you know where they filmed that thing you do? <laughs> I purposely did not mention it this time. So I'm like, I know I say it every fucking time. <laughs> I really want people to see that show for that movie for some reason. I know. I didn't mention it. Okay. God. <laughs> I think an episode of West Wing was shot here, okay? Oh, God. <laughs> I've never seen that show. So a listener wrote in regarding Dennis Cox's shout-out to A Terrible One. I don't know if he listens to the show, but I know he used to. They wrote in about the stealing of the corn and the, the person that warned him, maybe don't steal the corn because there's so many things involved and I kind of tuned out. But don't, don't steal corn was what I got out of it. Uh, North Dakota, corn? South Dakota. South Dakota, corn? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of corn. And when they said they put, uh, they'll put field corn on the outside and then do the sweet corn on the inside, quite true. They make one pass with the combine. And exactly for that reason, because so many people will steal the sweet corn otherwise. So you need to go in deep to steal, is what you're saying. You're... Exactly. Okay. Yeah, if you can... And the, the stalks will look quite different between a corn stalk and a field corn. And the field corn, that gets ground up into cattle feed and uh, gets made into ethanol a lot. And then a uh -huh. lot of that gets made back into ethanol also. But the sweet corn, that just gets sold and, you know, for human consumption. But the field corn, being as intended for cattle feed and ethanol, might give you diarrhea, actually. 
Yeah, great uh, drop by uh, Jenna this episode regarding Dairy Queen about the hot and the hot and the cold treats. That she said so much diarrhea, which I have a feeling that might be <laughs> that might be on. Uh, I don't know. The, there were like three good drops. I'm like, oh my gosh, Jeff's probably like yes because everyone was kind of quiet during them. Uh, also, Jenna retelling her corn maze story, which I, I don't know how she could make it funnier, but or more funny, but it, she, she certainly did. And I don't know if I mentioned the George Costanza pushing the old lady out during the fire the last time we talked about it, but I'm going to say it now. But the whole the whole date, it just sounds like a nightmare. And I love Jeff saying, oh, I'm just going to go through my Rolodex of what to do on a date, and we're going to do all of it tonight. I love the Mormon dating stories. They are. They're, see, they have to come up with stuff. <laughs> they actually have to come up with things, not just like, I guess we're going to like drink or have sex or yeah. something. Yeah, we're going to find a... Uh, off a uh, an approach off in a farm field to go and and make out you know that was about all we ever did yeah it was simpler times you know you could just find a cadillac running in a parking lot <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you could just borrow it for a while <laughs> that guy wanted us to do donuts okay that's what he was telling me with his running car sitting there um, and oh, he so. also knew we would get married up after. So. <laughs> True. That's uh, quite a good uh, meeting story or first date story. Um, really quick, I do want to mention that uh, Jenna was talking about the guy from the corn maze and how he smacked Jenna's sisters oh. on the behind with a hymn book. <laughs> so much and wrong there. <laughs> that was so funny to me, but um, I'm a butt smacker um, and it's hard to not smack butts. <laughs> See, I... <laughs> Jay, please cut that out and we'll use that for something. I uh, I am also. I do that to my kids all the time. And now they and then they in turn do that to me because I I love hitting butts too. It's they're so cute. And like I do it to my husband too. And but you know, my kids once they start getting older doing it, you know, after church or something, I'm like, let's keep that at home. <laughs> because it's just like a funny my mom or uh, my Mother-in-law still does it to my husband every once in a while. I'm like, oh, it's like they still have that kind of like little bond every once in a while that happens. But I'm assuming, Rafi, you mean more with the ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it it was just funny to me. And do you think it's worse? Because they said it was kind of worse that it was with a hymn book than a hand. But I think it would have been much more inappropriate if it was with a hand. I don't think so. With a hymn book? At church? They're Mormons? Uh, can my voice get any higher? <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> I think it was bad. I don't know, Lee. What do you think is worse? Bare, bare hand A or... Ah, <laughs> uh, bare hand worse. Bare hand worse. You oh, see? you get the see contact. You, and then a simple, a simple finger wiggle and you've got to squeeze. Whereas you can't squeeze with a uh, hymn. I just feel like with the, with the hymnal, it's like sacrilege and you're being, you know... Just past um, the point. I don't know. Yeah. But I forgot you guys don't believe in fairies, so we're we're above that. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So then we talked a little bit about the agoraphobia that Allie had, and it's funny that she quit drinking and she got over it, where I had agoraphobia, not probably as bad as she did. My sister had it really bad where she could not go out in public at all. Uh, to get a job, she had to get a night job like literally like an inventory job where you don't have to interact with people because she had it so bad. Um, I had it bad, 
but I think I covered for her, so it kind of brought me out of it more. But alcohol certainly is something that I use to help me get over my nerves or to be social, to be able to come out of my shell more. And obviously everyone got to see me come out way out of my shell, like go back a little bit, Lisa. But it's, it's just interesting um, that she went the other way around. Like that actually brought her out of her shell where Allison was even saying, yeah, it helped me where now when you go out to social gatherings, it's kind of hard to get topics going or something because I still have that shyness, you know, I don't know. Rafi, what about you? Yeah, I think I was much worse around like middle school through high school. Now I'm like, I have to force myself. Well, not force myself. I guess now I don't have to force myself to go out and do things. But like when Daniel was saying that a lot of times he would like come home from work on Friday and like not see anyone until the next Monday, I feel like I had quite a few of those years. That's kind of crazy. I think that's kind of sad, though, like going from Friday. But although I now, like when my husband says, I'm taking the kids camping or the kids are going to be gone doing something and he's going camping. I'm like, thank God. And and all, I think of all the time I could be spending with my friends when they're gone. But instead, I just, you know, watch a bunch of dumb movies by myself and just hang out by myself for two days. And it's just like, oh, it's like every moment is golden time. So I can understand it now. But back in the day, I definitely did that. And I kind of felt sad. (laughs) I don't know. Lee, what about you? You don't seem you don't strike me as an agoraphobe. No, not much. Uh, I guess before we had the children, I used to just climb on the motorcycle and just leave and head to minnesota wisconsin and just you you stop and talk to whoever and and see whatever and just got out so been stuck inside the house for four months over the winter months is kind of tough oh i didn't even think of that oh snow i don't know how you people do that keeps the riffraff out (laughs) apparently it keeps it in their homes like you sir (laughs) the only bad time of the year you know and but it's sort of a um, with zero crime, they just doesn't exist. But you do need to lock your doors this time of the year, or people will put excess garden produce in your car. What? You will get up in the morning and have zucchinis in your car and pumpkins and extra Stop tomatoes. Stop it! So you lock your doors. You learn to lock your doors unless you want extra potatoes or random zucchinis put in your car. <laughs> that taken out of context might sound interesting. Um, so like a zucchini in your car. <laughs> I love zucchini. Random zucchinis in my car. Especially in my back seat. Um, so yeah. <laughs> that's I I don't understand this. So people just because I understand growing gardens and yep. there's an excess of stuff and I find people to give it to. But people have oh. gone around the like actual just talking and saying, "Hey, do you need it?" They just tell you you need it. <laughs> put a sign. They'll put a sign up in the front, and if no one takes it, then they'll actually start. It's always your neighbors. It's always your neighbors. So, and they'll sneak over when because they, they know when you're not home. They know when you're not awake, and they stick all this stuff in your car. Is this a South Dakota thing? It's certainly a Watertown, South Dakota thing, That's, but I don't think it's uncommon. I love know. the... I mean, we didn't even have a lock on our door here until about 10 years ago when I remodeled and put a lock on the front door of the house. I love that they're conserving by not just throwing it away. They're they're using it right. for something. But... At the churches, there'll always be a back table, and you put all your excess produce there. But then people get, I don't know if they, they have fun with it or if it's laziness, but instead of taking it to their church and putting it at the produce table at their church, 
they'll sneak over and stick it in your car. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's like five points past laziness, but also maybe a little bit of laziness. Maybe for that for that town, it's lazy. For here, it's like, I don't know, maybe, well, I have, well, I'm not going to share that. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> It'd be really easy to be agoraphobic here. If you want to lock yourself in the house for four months, you've got a perfectly reasonable reason to not leave your house for four months. Yeah, that's true. It's 15 below out there. <laughs> if you're outside, you're the insane one. Here, if you're inside, you're you're the insane one. Visit South Dakota for the low crime. Stay because your car won't start. <laughs> and you can eat your food while you're in there because someone will leave you yeah. something to snack on. You won't die. zucchini. You forgot what's in your car. <laughs> Rafi, have you heard of this? Drive-by vegetabling? Drive-by producing? I almost said drive-by fruiting, but <laughs> that is... No, I, I've never... Um, never heard of me. this? It sounds kind of funny to do. Like if you just open your car door and there was like some kind of produce there, but uh, <laughs> as long as they don't stick a banana in your tailpipe. Yes. I oh, turnips! I hate turnips. <laughs> I want to hear in your best South Dakota voice doing some sort of swearing at the fact that you found produce in your car. Oh. Look at what they did here! They left me a bunch of produce in my car. I don't need any more zucchini. What am I going to do with all this zucchini, gosh golly? You can't make goulash out of that stuff, no? That's just out of hand. That is completely out of hand. I had to mute myself because I was <laughs> laughing too hard and snorting. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Didn't need to put eyeliner on today, apparently. That was really funny. <laughs> all right, Lee, what's your favorite JMO from this week? I didn't get that far in the show. Ooh, I like that one too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I usually don't write one down when there's two people, but I did. So I will say mine. Uh, Rafi, what's yours? Okay, so there was like a few JMOs that kind of caught my attention, but none that I loved until, well, I guess this one kind of spoke to me, but not for the JMO itself, like how I usually do. So Nikki Jean said, when someone tells me my dog is cute, I always respond with thank you, like I created him with my own genes. I don't have a dog, but the reason I wrote this one down is because it reminded me of a friend of mine who was my coworker, and he invited me to his son's first birthday party. And I went, and when he brought the kid over so I could see him finally, uh, I was like, oh, he's cute, whatever, blah, 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 we're talking. And he's like telling me, oh, he's this, whatever. And I'd say, yeah, that's cute kid. And he was just, I had to say it like three times, and he never said thank you and I was like what kind of psycho are you I'm complimenting your dumb kid I don't like children say thank you well actually he's a piece of shit he's not cute <laughs> no, at all he was actually a cute kid but I was like why are you not acknowledging this and I was like you've made me say it three times now I'm done I don't care anymore but, but, but what kind of crazy person doesn't say thank you that's what I wanted to know you know I've yeah. had that before love where, the honesty. yeah I've had that before where I'll say something about and I'm not telling the truth. I'm like, oh, cute dog or cute kid. And, and then they don't say thank you. And I'm like, actually. <laughs> but I don't say it out loud. It's like, hmm, okay. Maybe yeah, he'll don't, you, you'll probably don't get that often. You should probably thank me. Unless they think I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 yeah. But I picked one from our lovely little Texan, Ashley. At underscore underscore Ashley. Go to her... Go, go, Rafi. Tell, tell the thing really quick. Uh, underscore, underscore, Ashley on Twitter. She has the MS Walk coming up at the end of October. 
And I hope she comes on here again. I know her life has been crazy and changing and so many things that she's gone through. Oh, I just sound like South Dakota. Did you hear that? So many changes. Uh, there have been so many changes. <laughs> it's wicked cool. Uh, yeah, she said her JMO was that when a kid compliments her, she believes it more than when an adult does. And I really didn't think about that. I was like, yeah, yeah. But then, then I let it resonate and actually think about it. It's so true. Because, and honestly, like kids do have a different perspective and view on things. So sometimes like telling Jenna she has bad breath, totally being honest, like this is true. You have bad breath. But when someone says, and I ask them, oh, how old do you think I am? They're like, 18. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, they have a different frame of mind. But whenever I go to the kids' school and one of my kids' friends says, you know, oh, I like your new hair or I like whatever. It's definitely not my outfit because I wear the same thing every day. But it's, it's whatever they say. I'm always like, oh, thanks. Like for a kid to say that, to go out of their way is more than to me, an adult. Yeah, I feel like it. they have to. Yeah, they mean it. Right. So I think that is a good place. The, to. The other side of the yeah. coin I've had to try to get across to my 15 year old special needs daughter is when someone gives you a gift, gift, even if you don't like the gift act like it oh yeah we've had that conversation a bunch of times especially when we go because we open presents here and then we go to my in-laws and they spoil the shit out of my kids like they get them so much stuff that it's just it's disgusting and by that time from christmas eve like church and all the things that we do and then christmas and everything they are so tired and they're cranky and they're just like, they say thank you, but they're just kind of like, uh, like, no, no, I don't care what you have to pull from, but you need to like, they spend a lot on you right now and you need to say thank you. But I've always had this rule at their birthdays ever since they could walk after each present. It takes a long time. People probably hate it because it'll last a long, lot longer, but they go up and hug and thank each per- individual person that gave the gift. And they still to this day now, like have that in them to look, you know, someone in the eye and say, thank you and go appreciate the little, whatever they give them their moment. But I, that's definitely important to me. That's great. Yeah. I can't agree more. All right. It's a good place to end it. What do you, what do you guys think? That was a fun show. Yeah. Support Allison's show. We already talked about that. If you want to be on this show, I'm super excited. I'm bringing back the BYOF segment. I'm changing the name to something else that's to be determined. But if you guys want to be on the, the BYOF segment where you tell your Allison Rosen origin story, talk about how you became a fan. It's basically your whole own episode about you and Allison and it's super fun to do. Or if you want to be on this show and you want to talk about the weekly episodes, email me at bffancast at gmail.com. Um, follow us on Twitter at bffancast. Follow me at jmos and bffs. And Rafi, where can we find you? You can find me <laughs> on Twitter at RMC Guitars. Uh, coming up in November is the In This Together Festival. You can find me there as well. At PodFest, after the Mental Illness Happy Hour, I talked with Paul Gilmartin and told him that I'd be coming back out for that. And he was super nice. So you guys can come out and meet him. He's great. He will hug you. Uh, be warned. <laughs> when I did his show afterwards, he asked me, may I hug you? <laughs> I said, yes. And I kind of laughed. He's like, well, some people don't like that. I said, okay, good to know. You're right. <laughs> and Lee, where can we find you? Uh, check out my YouTube channel. Just Lee Bruns on YouTube and Twitter, SLBruns1. Awesome. I'm so glad that you were on. It was fun to have a new person 
on here and I hope to have more new people and continue to have Rafi because people want to hear from you, Rafi. And it wouldn't be a show if we didn't say hello to Brittany. So if we could all say hello, Brittany, we love you. Hello. Hi, Brittany. <laughs> hello. <laughs> that is a perfect way to end it. We love you, Brittany. We love you for listening, everybody. And good night. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world Closing time Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl Closing time One last call for alcohol So finish your whiskey or beer Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay